Good evening, everybody. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me, and I don't know where my pencil is. I think it might be time for the the uh, JoJo Siwa pencils. That isn't she in trouble with like the whole world or something? Because didn't she come out and and pardon me, I don't allegedly because I don't want to get sued. Didn't she allegedly come out as out of the closet and everyone's flipping out? My kids won't watch JoJo Siwa anymore. People, we need to expand our minds. Jojo, Jojo Siwa pencil. It's funny. It doesn't seem different now that it's lesbian. Come on, folks. We're not going to talk about this tonight, but can we, Republican Party Christians, can we expand our minds? It's here to stay. Can we stop being so judgmental? I very seldom come down on Republicans for that or religious people for their beliefs, but can we agree that homosexuality is here and you don't have to agree? You don't have to like it. You don't have to practice it. And just because you don't say mean things doesn't mean all of a sudden you prefer the opposite sex. It just means you're a decent human being and realize that judging others isn't your job. That's the Lord's job, if I'm not mistaken. I think it says that somewhere in the scripture. Your job is to help mankind and bring the word of God to others. It certainly doesn't mean you have to be a sanctimonious jerk off. Let's just relax. Gosh, I don't even know if JoJo Siwa came out. JoJo, I'm sorry if you haven't. If you have, good for you. Whatever. Don't care. I'm not any less of a man because you like women. And if you don't like women, please don't sue me because I made a mistake. And remember, I'm supporting the LBGTQ rights. We just need to lighten up and stop judging. We have enough baggage to carry. We have enough to carry for ourselves. Now, if you've turned the video off, you're a hypocrite. Because 9.9 times out of 10... I'm supporting you and what you think more than likely because you're a Republican. But this one, come on. Our party needs to adapt and overcome. Hell, the Catholics have even relaxed a little bit. And if the Catholics can embrace homosexuality, I think Christians can do it too because everyone knows the Catholics take way too many things seriously. Anyway, my JoJo Siwa pencil in a segment that I didn't plan to do, but who cares? Now that I have offended you with that, I'm going to offend you with my joke because, well, what else can I do? And we're going to get sexist tonight. These are the top 10 reasons a gun is better than a woman. And yes, we're tackling gun control tonight. So enjoy. I'll do the introduction afterwards and tell you all about who we are, who I am, and all this other stuff. Here it is. Top 10 reasons a gun is better than a woman. Sorry, my lady listeners. And there's a lot of them. I have a very large female demographic. It's like 60% of my listeners are female. You signed up for this. I told you you might get offended. Tonight's the night. Of course, Will's emailing at 7.30 at night because he knows it's my show. That's seven emails in the last 30 seconds. Will, thank you. Make sure you get a text in. Got to do that too. Number 10, you can trade an old 44 for a new 22. Number nine, you can keep one gun at home and have another for when you're on the road. Number eight, if you don't admire a friend's gun and tell him so, he will probably let you try it out a few times. Your, number seven, your primary gun doesn't mind if you keep another gun for a backup. Number six, your gun will stay with you even if you run out of ammo. <laughs> I love that one. Number five, a gun doesn't take up a lot of closet space. Number four, a gun functions normally every day of the month. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Number three, a gun doesn't ask, does this new scope make me look fat? Number two, a gun doesn't mind if you go sleep right at, go to sleep right after you use it. And number one reason a gun is better than a woman, you can buy a silencer for a gun. Honey, I'm sorry. I apologize. We'll be right back.
right. My crack research team has confirmed that Jojo Siwa is, in fact, a lesbian. So that whole spiel will stick and I will keep it. And it comes down to this. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you that you have to do something. I'm just saying maybe we could be a little bit nicer. I mean, that's what we want to get to, right? We want to get back to the day of yesteryear where we treated people with respect, or at least some people of the country. Now we just need to do it with everybody. And that's important, folks. We need to grow. We need to evolve and turn into better versions of ourselves. And the only way to do that is to get out of the comfort zone and make ourselves a little uncomfortable. So that's what I do, and that's what I'm here for. Who am I? What, what do I do here? Well, my name is Matthew, and I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. That is my name and my handle. I appreciate you stopping by. What do we do? Well, first of all, these are all the places you can follow me, subscribe, share, and I'm itchy because I've got allergies. Even during this snowstorm, we received a ton of snow. This is episode 95. We're five short from 100, and we're really close to 5,000 followers. Incredible. We will hit that by tomorrow, and I am just floored. 5,000 followers. What a great thing. I didn't think we would get that far. And what do we do here? Well, we talk about politics. We talk about Jojo Siwa. We talk about guns. We talk about hockey. We talk about sports. We talk about music. We talk about everything. Whatever I'm really in the mood to talk about. And then you get to listen. Last night's episode was lots of fun. We got to make fun of the Chicago Teachers Union, and it seemed to do very well. Highest like count on Facebook thus far, so a lot of people seem to dig it. Please go and check it out. I'll send you a link right here up above on YouTube so you can click to it and watch it. It's pretty funny. Tonight, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about some serious things, but first, Day 91 of the hostage crisis. Facebook is still holding me hostage and not allowing me to advertise and making me claim party affiliation, which I refuse to do. Even though I am a registered Republican, I do lean left and right at times, and I do believe the middle is a good place to be on most things. Because let's face it, not everything do I have an opinion on. Some things I do, and tonight is one of them. And that happens to be gun control, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm sure Facebook will flag it even more inappropriate. My site will get uh, another lopping of its head cut off by the Facebook Nazis. Thank you. Day 91, let my people go. Facebook, please. Enough's enough. Let me advertise with everyone else. It's amazing. You let Fortune 500 companies advertise, and they've been political with what they've said. I saw a Chick-fil-A commercial, and although I support Chick-fil-A, I'm wondering why you're allowing them to advertise, considering what they've said about homosexuality. Not that I agree or disagree. I just wonder... Do you find it a little hypocritical, Mark Zuckerberg? If I had billions, would you change your mind? I don't know. Geez, we have some LBGTQ conversations popping up tonight. Maybe I should make that a topic. No, I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. Let's focus on Sandy Hook, something a lot less controversial. I show the faces of the victims of Sandy Hook because the first thing I thought about when this happened is I reflected back to Columbine. And with Columbine, I was actually there in Colorado when it happened. We were ready to watch a San Jose Sharks game, and the Colorado Avalanche, once this happened, decided to go ahead and postpone their games in Colorado and head right to San Jose. It was a tragic time, and both of these gentlemen are cowards. I'm asked often, what would I do with the time machine? Would I go back and stop Oswald? Would I stop? Uh, would I take out Adolf Hitler? Um, what would I do? Would I go back and invest in Apple? No, I would go back and I would have a small arm and I would kill both of these sons of bitches before they step foot in the school. And with the Aurora shooter, Sandy Hook, and every other mass shooter in the world. It frustrates me beyond reproach. We were also in Aurora and in Colorado and Littleton at the time when this jackass went in and shot people during the Batman premiere. 
Folks, I don't like school shootings. I don't like mass shootings. I carry everywhere. I'm a concealed carry holder. I have a gun in every single room, and I am a Second Amendment advocate and proponent of the Constitution of the United States and believe without the Second, you have none of the rest. But there also is a lot of dialogue around this, and it's important that we talk about it. It's important we try to be understanding of each other, and we try to see the other side, because that's the only way we're going to get through this. The thing that's wrong with our politics is that we tend to lump ourselves in as Democrats or Republicans, and that's all we do. And anything the Republicans say, we agree with. And anything the Democrats say, we agree with. And that is the way it works, and you're never to have any dissension in your party. That is why we are at a stalemate. Let me ask you a question. If you could only pick three things out of your party to truly care about, could you? Do you really care about tax and spend government? Do you truly care about abortion if you're a 45-year-old male who's done having children? Do you really care about the spotted owl? Do you really give a flying crap about a pipeline running through Native American lands? Yet we somehow care about everything, which allows us to care about nothing. There are a few things I do care about, and one of them is gun control. I believe the Constitution of the United States should be protected at all costs, and anything else outside of that I really don't care much about. Because without the Constitution, none of us can care about anything. I want to be really clear here. I understand gun control. I've lived in California where it is strict upon strict, and I've lived in Texas where it is free upon free. And I will tell you one thing. The AR-15 or M4 that you see here versus the M1 carbine, which was actually surrounded or which actually distributed during World War II, late World War II, Korea and Vietnam, this was a weapon that my father used and he gave to me. It is my favorite weapon. And if you give me a, a choice between the M1 carbine and an AR-15, I will take the M1 all day and twice on Sunday. I can do more damage with that M1 within 250 yards than that AR-15. And it's not because of skill set. It's lighter, it's faster, it's quicker, it's more dead balls accurate. And once you learn how to fire it, instead of shooting it like a rifle and more like a pistol, it is a deadly machine. And at 30 caliber, it's going to stop anything it hits with the right shot selection. The main thing I like about it is it's inconspicuous and it looks like a 22, but hits like a truck. And people assume that it's not as deadly as an AR, yet it is. Yet this is legal and gun enthusiasts love it. And people who want to ban guns don't care about it because it's not black and scary. And let's face it, that's the difference between the AR-15 and the M1 is one is black, one is wood, one is scary, one is not. And semi-automatic weapons, let's be very, very clear. You hear them talk that they want to ban semi-automatic weapons, what they call assault rifles. Well, let me tell you, that's every single weapon on the planet besides the 12-gauge shotgun. Single pump. A blunderbuss a flintlock, or a single-action weapon, like a three hundred eight or a hunting rifle. Everything else is semi-automatic, even a wheel gun. And the problem with that is once they get one, they will go after the others. Once AR-15s are no longer scary, they will go after the next thing that is scary, like my father's M1 carbine. I want to be clear here. You hear a lot of advocates say a few things, and I'm going to give you some of the gun control enthusiast lines that they use. The one I hear most often that I somewhat agree with is when they say, well, gun advocates say, well, if you know, you take away guns, it doesn't stop people from committing mass murder. Look at the people who used knives, the 97 people in Tokyo who were stabbed in trains. Look at people who use baseball bats or cars. 
And of course, the gun control enthusiasts say, yes, but why make it easier for them? Well, see, that right there is a straw argument. It's not an argument that holds up. We're not trying to make it easier for them, just like we're not trying to make it easier for hijackers who steal a plane. Yet they grounded all planes, civilian, single-engine planes, any Piper Cubs. Everything was grounded during 9-11, even though they had nothing to do with private planes. There was an overreaction, just like with school shootings. They want to take all guns. They want to take the AR-15, when honestly, it's not the AR-15 that does the most damage. They're handguns that do the most damage. More people are killed by handguns. And an interesting thing about that is more people commit suicide than are actually shot. Did you know that more people stop gun violence than have gun violence who have guns? Concealed carry permit, people say, oh, well, those people are very seldom involved in altercations. Well, that's because they have a gun. How many crimes are stopped a year based upon breaking up of robberies or home invasions or any other types of crime where your life is in danger? It's in the hundreds of thousands. Now, would every one of those people have been killed if they didn't have a gun? No, but am I willing to take that risk because you're uncomfortable? Also, no. So I think it's very important that, yes, we don't want to make it easier, but that is an, that is an ancillary benefit. The benefit to banning all guns is that you feel safer, but the truth is you're not. Ancillary benefit comes with unintended consequences. And if you take away guns from people, yes, there may be less mass shootings, but unequivocally there would be more death and more crime. They proved that with the Ronald Reagan assault weapons ban. Just because you have an assault weapon doesn't necessarily mean that it's a military-style weapon. Nobody who has ever been in the military, who fired down range at another target, would tell you that if they had a selective choice to pick whatever weapon they wanted, that they would pick an AR-15. I promise you that would never, ever make the grade. There are many weapons that are much better than the AR-15, and the M1 carbine is one of them, in my opinion. All I ask is that we try to take the emotion out of this, but it's hard. People are dying. Kids are dying. And we sit here and say, it must be the guns. It must be the guns. Well, I've got a lot of guns, and none of them have killed anybody. And it is kind of a cop-out to say, well, it's not the gun. It's the person using the gun. Yes, but when the person using the gun is manic-depressive, suicidal, and decides that they want to be on the evening news because they think they're the Joker in the Batman movie, I don't care. I don't want that person getting a gun. And there has to be a medium. There has to be a line of delineation from banning to allowing everyone to have them. Somewhere in the middle there is the right answer. And I will tell you, I believe in background checks. As a concealed carry holder, I don't want people having a gun and carrying it with ill intent. But the problem is, is criminals don't stop because you tell them no. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a problem with drugs. We wouldn't have a problem with rape. We wouldn't have a problem with drive-by shootings in Chicago. Criminals don't listen to the rules. 99.6% of the weapons that were used in a background check or used in concealed carry or members of the NRA are 100% clean and never involved in any type of shooting, whether that be suicide or in crime. That is a staggering stat, and that's better than COVID odds. We need to realize it's not the legal gun owner's problem. What they do is some are negligent and don't secure their weapons, don't report them to the ATF or FBI when a home invasion happens and their weapons are stolen. They sell them to people illegally, and they do generally stupid things like leave them around for people to pick up and take. That's negligence, and that will happen with everything. It happens in accidental car deaths every single year. 
but it doesn't mean we ban cars. There is a common denominator in this, and I'm going to talk to you about it, and it's something that I've preached before, and I will again. But let's go through some of the stats and some of the interesting dialogue around this and some of the research. There is one main argument of why we should keep guns, and it absolutely is just one. It allows governments to become tyrannies. Don't take my word for it. See what happened over the last two and a half years in Venezuela when they took away the guns there. Gun control is a first step on taking all guns. 99.9% of people who buy guns legally with a background check do not commit crimes. It's actually 99.6. Statistically, that's one in a large nation where most of the folks are educated. They can read the laws and responsible for the risk is low for illegal gun ownership. 37 states have passed concealed carry in the last 25 years. What does that tell you? It's a national choice. Concealed carry has been debated and discussed by smart lawyers and allowed. In the last 10 years, 37 states have passed concealed carry permission laws. These U.S. states now allow concealed carry or open carry. They have less crime than they had before. The laws allowing concealed or open carry is just and wanted by the people. So persons who own guns have permits to carry in these states. They have reduced crime in these states, and it is a proven fact. They are the most law-abiding states in the USA. And I will tell you, to go through a concealed carry permit is actually a relief to a police officer when they are pulling you over for a traffic stop. Ask any police officer and any one of them that watch my show. They always are tense walk, making that dreaded 15 to 20-foot walk to that car, and they are heightened sense and aware. And once they run a background check or they run a, a quick check on those plates and see that the owner, the registered owner of that vehicle is also a CCL, they either A, obviously want to make sure the car is not stolen. If it is, that's a different situation. But if everything comes back clean and it's a routine traffic stop, there is a sense of calm and peace when they see that person hand that CCL over to them in a professional manner, knowing that that person does not have any felonies, any warrants, and has no desire to hurt that officer and probably supports police officers more often than not. Three, cities run totally by Democrats with total bans on guns. Chicago, Detroit, Kansas City, Washington, D.C. These aren't total bans. I think this is a little excessive. The writer wrote that. It's not a total ban, but they are restrictive. And it is very difficult to get a concealed carry at any of those cities, including Washington, D.C., where I do business constantly. They do not allow concealed carry and have an out-of-control crime numbers. Three out of four of all gun crimes comes from the ghettos of large U.S. cities. Sometimes when I write and I write down things from articles and such, some things creep in there. I don't like the word ghetto. I, I think that's really derogatory and shitty of people to say. And you don't need to be all politically correct and say impoverished areas. But let's be honest, the inner city, that is what it is. And these areas are definitely stricken with poverty. And gun crime runs rampant, even though they have some of the strictest laws known to man. It appears um, that a, a lot of people refused to integrate into a highly educated culture and joined the civilized workforce and people who are educated around guns. It is important to understand is I don't want anyone owning a gun who hasn't been through some form of safety firearms class. It, you have to have a license to drive a car for a reason. You should not be able to fire a gun wantingly and go to a rage. You have to understand the proper way. You have to have trigger awareness. You need to make sure that you understand pointing your weapon at anyone when you don't intend to shoot them is also important. You need to know how to go ahead and take out a clear. If your weapon jams, you need to understand how to clear it properly. If you have a situation where you're putting yourself at risk because you're putting too many rounds downrange in a lackadaisical fashion, 
Are you aware if you're using the right ammo? Are you aware what happens if you do have a jam? Are you aware when somebody else points their weapon at you the proper way to tell them not to? Do you understand what you're doing? Do you also understand that you have a weapon that is firing at thousands of miles an hour and one round essentially can shatter a human being? Do you understand the repercussions of what you're doing? If you don't and you haven't put a few rounds down range under instruction, I don't want you having a gun near me. And the reason why is because I don't trust you and you become a threat. Humans have to be responsible for life, not dead objects. Reasonable argument here. And since we are all rational beings with great respect, let's kindly go over the facts. Facts have no political bias. That is what we really want. We don't want to have emotion in this debate. Facts don't care about your feelings. Facts reduce the fog created by the emotion of the gun control issue. So here we go. Pretty simple, pretty easy, cut and dry. Most gun incidents are suicide or crime, and crime is only in the six major cities that predominantly make up that percentage. There are 30,000 gun-related deaths per year on average by firearms, and this number is not disputed. Um, These figures also over the last 10 years have went down. The U.S. population is 324 million as of June 2016. The next census will tell us more. That is a 0.009257% chance of the population dying from gun-related accidents actions each year. Statistically speaking, it's absolutely insignificant. It's not insignificant to the people who have been killed. It's insignificant on a national scale. What is never told, however, is a breakdown of those those 30,000 deaths. To put them in perspective as compared to other causes of death, 65% of those deaths are by suicide, which would never be prevented by gun laws. 15% are by law enforcement in the line of duty and justified. 17% is through criminal activity, gang and drug-related or mentally ill persons, better known as gun violence. 3% are accidental discharge and deaths. So technically, gun violence is not 30,000 annually, but it drops to 5,100. Still too many. So let's take a look at how these deaths span across the nation. 480 homicides, 9.4% were in Chicago. They were on track for 1,100 this year. 344 homicides in Baltimore, 6.7%. 333 homicides in Detroit, 6.5%. 119 homicides, 2.3% were in Washington, D.C., a 54% increase over previous years. That's in D.C. It's not even a state. So basically, 25% of all gun crime happens in just four cities. All four of those cities have strict gun laws. So it is not a lack of law that is the root cause. Then this leaves 3,825 for the rest of the nation, or about 75 deaths per state. That is an average because some states have much higher rates than others. For example, California had 1,169 and Alabama had one. California is a bad place where there is almost total gun control, and this is a proven fact. You can only buy a certain round of magazines. You can't have certain flashers on your weapon, certain stocks, certain scopes. It's ridiculous. Who has the strictest gun laws by far? California is one of them. But understand it's not just the guns causing this. It is a crime rate spawned by the number of criminal persons residing in the cities and the states. So if all cities and states are not created equal, then there must be something other than the tool causing gun deaths. Are 5,100 deaths per year horrific? Yes. How about in comparison to other deaths? All deaths is sad, and especially so when it is in the commission of a crime. But that is the nature of crime. Robbery, death, rape, assault are all done by criminals. It is ludicrous to think that criminals will obey laws. That is why they are all called criminals. They don't wait in line to get background checks. They steal their guns or buy them off the black market. But what about each 
Uh, what about other deaths each year? 63,000 die from drug overdose. There is no excuse for that in any way, shape, or form, especially since we have a war on drugs and we have dumped trillions into this effort. We should have stopped it long ago with more law. 36,000 people die per year from the flu, far exceeding the criminal gun deaths. 34,000 people die per year in traffic fatalities, exceeding gun deaths even if you include suicide. So look at it this way. Around 823.7 per 100,000 people die each year. Gun homicides kill 3.6 per 100,000 per year. That means if all gun crime disappeared, 820.1 people out of 100,000 would still die each year, a reduction of 0.004%. Now we are seeing the dangers of guns clearly. Fact, it's relatively insignificant. Once again, the deaths aren't insignificant. The numbers on a national scale are. It is vital to all 340 million Americans. Do we really want to play with the Bill of Rights? How about the First Amendment? Free speech, let's fix that also. You can have freedom of speech, just watch what you say. We're seeing that now. Now it gets really good with the numbers. 200,000 people die each year and growing from preventable medical errors. You are safer walking in the worst areas of Chicago than you are when you are in a hospital. 710,000 people die per year from heart disease. So it's time to stop the double cheeseburger. So what is the point if the liberal anti-government movement Excuse me, if the liberal anti-gun movement focused their attention on heart disease, even a 10% decrease in cardiac deaths would save twice the number of lives annually of all gun-related deaths, including suicide, law enforcement, etc. A 10% reduction in medical errors would be 66% of the total numbers of gun deaths, or four times the number of criminal homicides. Simple, it's easily preventable, 10% reductions. So you have to ask yourself in the grand scheme of things, why the focus on guns? It's pretty simple. Taking away guns gives control to the governments. The founders of this nation knew that regardless of the form of the government, those in power may become corrupt and seek to rule as the British did by trying to disarm the populace of the colonies. China, Russia, North Korea have disarmed the population. You see the pattern. Totalitarianism. It is not difficult to understand that a disarmed populace is controlled populace. Thus, the Second Amendment was proudly and boldly included in the U.S. Constitution. It must be prevented at all costs. Now, am I naive enough to think that us, the American people, are going to have a bunch of AR-15s and stand against our government? No. No. But I will also tell you this, that if 30 million people or 74 million people or 100 million people decide that the government is no longer working and decide to take the power back, there is nothing the United States government can do to stop us. But I will tell you this, it will be the first battles, it will be the first introduction of insurrection against oppression and tyranny that will be quashed based upon the government's reaction. And that is the problem. I am never advocating violence against our government, and I think anyone who does is idiotic. But what it does is it keeps our First Amendment in check. An armed populace is a very important thing to a democracy, and I will tell you why. The bear doesn't go after honey for one simple reason. It's not that it's up in the tree. It's not that it's too difficult, and usually rose bushes are surrounded and there's thorns. They do it because of the bees, and one bee sting is no big deal to a bear, and he would go after that, and occasionally, after going through several stings, decides that the next month or two months down the road, he will try again, and more than likely unsuccessfully. The reason why it's it's the thousand stings of the bees. And yes, every time a bee stings, it dies as it pulls out its innards. But what happens is the bee lear- or the bee, the bear learns that it's not worth the honey. 
it's not worth the squeeze. So the bear ultimately stays away from his favorite treat. Now, am I saying that we need to fight our government and be the bear and the honey and the proverbial bees? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm telling you is that if the bees were defenseless and all they could do was buzz, how difficult would it be for the bear to steal the honeycomb and destroy the bees if it wanted to without a deterrent? Folks, it's an emotional issue. It's a hard one. I've thrown numbers at you. I've thrown everything at you. But I will tell you this. We need to have patience. We need to have a calm, delicate ear for the people who think that guns are dangerous and educate them. I have never seen a person fire a weapon with proper instruction, not have a smile at their face when they were done. I remember the reporter who picked up an AR-15 and shot it downrange and said that he had PTS after the situation. I will say this. There are some people who should never bowl because bowling isn't for them. I have some people who should never watch a hockey game because hockey isn't for them. And if you like to partake in underwater basket weaving, I will tell you that isn't for everybody either. And the same holds true for guns. However, just because you don't like something, just because you're scared of something, doesn't mean it's the con or the reason for your bastion of existence and fear and trepidation that you have inside your soul. It might be for another reason. It's because you're powerless and you feel that if there was an active shooter that you could not stop them. Let me tell you something. If there is an active shooter, running and hiding is definitely an option. But there will come a time that you will have to stand and fight. And I would rather stand and fight undercover, putting rounds down range at the assailant, than be a bullet sponge. That is the problem with Sandy Hook. I have heard all about those poor teachers, that they may have killed a few students with those guns. And if it was my child in that school, and God forbid it ever happens, and I have taught her what to do in this situation, I will tell you two things. If those teachers were armed and they fired at that assailant and my child was struck by a teacher, the first thing I would do is put my arms around the teacher, hug them, and tell them that it was okay. They tried to save my child. And I would much rather have my child take a bullet by a teacher than a crazed, crazed armed person trying to kill them versus a teacher trying to defend them. It's a morbid thought. It's a horrible thought. The second thing is that when we create defenseless people, the wolves will hunt the sheep. And that is a terrifying concept. These school shootings need to be stopped and COVID will be breached at some point and we will get back to movies and schools and most assuredly these shootings will continue to take place and all the gun laws will never change a thing what we need to focus on is mental health the one thing in common with all shooters besides the selection of weapons that they use or the ammo they used or the trajectories that they used or the gun-free zones that they hunt in like it's a turkey or fish in a barrel shoot they all had problems with mental health issues that were undiagnosed and untreated. And that is the commonality that nobody wants to admit. In 1984 and on, health hospitals by Bill Clinton and mental health institutions in Camarillo, California, Santa Paula, California, Oxnard, all over California were shut down. And they stopped treating people in institutions and essentially locking them up. Now, I understand that that's harsh, but there are people who are a danger to society. Maybe people who haven't created crime or committed a crime, but people who are not suitable to walk our streets. There were institutions to help them, and yes, they were poorly run, and yes, they were poorly funded, and yes, it was better to give people medicine than actually treat them. There needs to be oversight. 
And with the privatized industries that we have nowadays, where we help with rehabilitation and we help with drug abuse, we have to create private hospitals to help people where we can keep the clinically insane who are more than likely to do this type of thing. Yes, we need a national database. Yes, we need background checks. I agree with that. Loopholes need to be closed. I shouldn't be able to go to a gun show and buy a gun out of state. That's wrong. And I don't care what anyone says. How free do you have to be? A background check takes five minutes. But we cannot do one and expect a Rosetta Stone or or blue pill situation, red pill situation here. It's not a zero-sum game. There are multiple steps we need. But opening up our mental health institutions again and giving a place for our clinically insane to get the help that they need is absolutely, unequivocally, the best thing we can do to stop mass shootings in the United States today. It's not the gun. It is the person. But our neglect of the person also plays a large part in what they do. And we can never forget that. Giving an inch isn't a mile. And when we give an inch, the Democrats need to stop trying to take a mile. You want to limit guns? Fine. Do the things that we know will work and then we'll talk. But until then, stop trying to encroach on the Second Amendment. Because it's the only thing that protects shows like this and the people who are listening to it every single day and twice on Sunday. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. A lot of numbers and a lot of stats and honestly an emotional topic. Please leave some comments down below. I know you will have a few and that's important. You can tell me I'm crazy. You can tell me I'm not. You can tell me JoJo Siwa is the greatest person on earth or she's not. I really don't care. Let's be nicer. Let's reach out to people like Biden supporters and Trump supporters. Put our arms around them and don't unfriend them anymore and tell them how much we love them. Because family's too damn important, and we need them more than ever. Who also needs you? The Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. There are plenty of veterans who are in danger of losing their lives. We lose 22 a day. It is way too many. Please do me a favor. If you recognize the sign in the veteran, reach out and talk to them. Provide them this number. If they can't call it, call me. I'll call them. And if that doesn't work, go to www.dontunfriendme.com, and you can connect to the VCL hotline with one button click and you'll be connected to a VCL operator via Skype, free of charge. And if you are a civilian and not a military person, that's fine. VCL will take your call as well. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and follow. It helps. God doesn't kill a puppy, and it keeps the lights on, folks. Thank you so much for everything. I hope you enjoyed the show. I will see you tomorrow for episode 96, and more than likely, 5,000 followers. Have a good night. Go Avs. Kick some ass tonight. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point